Albert Einstein, Richard Branson, Bill Gates, John F. Kennedy, Tony Robbins, Michael Phelps, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of industries. What else do they have in common? Well, they all have ADHD, but you don't hear much about that, do you? You know what you hear even less about? The successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka. I'm an attorney, not a doctor, a lifelong student, not a coach. I'm also the creator of Cortography, a patent-pending system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your superpowers, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest superpowers. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I'm Tracy Atsuka, and I want to welcome you to episode eight of ADHD for Smartass Women. Why am I always late? One of our members of our ADHD Facebook group, her name is Tanya, created a post in our group that I thought was so relevant and so good that I decided to build a podcast episode around it. And this is what she said. So Tanya is very well educated. I think she went to Harvard and her entire life, she has struggled with time. You know, she said, I am a smart woman. I'm ambitious. I do get things done, but why is it that I always think that I can do more than I actually can do? And what happens is I'm so optimistic about time that I'm never on time. I want to know why it is that I have always struggled with time. So much so that I've actually interviewed people that I know that are always on time to ask them, why is it that you're always on time? What do you do that I don't do? Now, Tanya had a sense that time doesn't flow for her the way it does for other people. She has the sense that she's just kind of illiterate around time, and she's constantly trying to cram one more thing in. What Tanya also noticed is that for her to be on time, she has to concentrate completely on just being on time, and she has a problem making this her whole mission in life for every day. She just sees it as a waste of time. I could totally relate to what Tanya was saying. I really struggle with time in all areas as well. And now what I want to do as far as with our podcast is I really want to limit the time to 25 to 30 minutes maximum because ADHD. And so what I'm going to do for this particular podcast on time is I'm going to split it into two parts. So part one is going to be all about why does the ADHD brain struggle with time? I am answering Tanya's question. I believe that in order to make changes, if that's what we want to do, if we want to become better at something like time, first what we have to do is we have to understand why is it that we do what we do. Once we know that, then we can develop workarounds that work for us. And that's going to be part two, which will be next week. It'll be workarounds if we want to get better around time. First of all, I want to tell you a story. So when I was dating my husband, it was the third date, 
And I was between law school and graduate law school. And so I was still considered a student. So I had a student discount to the ballet. So I could buy season tickets for, I think it was half the price. And I really loved the ballet. I credit ballet for 10 years of my life helping me to really focus. It was extreme exercise. I danced probably six days a week, most of the time, an hour and a half to two hours a day. And it really helped me with my focus. Anyway, I loved ballet. It was the third date with my, what I didn't know, but he's now my husband. And I decided that I was going to invite um, my date, Rich, to the ballet. And so because it was the ballet, of course, I got all dressed up. And the idea was that I was going to meet him at his apartment in San Francisco. I was late, as usual. And I got out the door and I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'm going to be 20 minutes late. Got onto the freeway. The freeway at that time was never busy. You could normally just sail through. Well, this particular day, I was wrong. There was tons of traffic. There was a car accident. And I was literally stuck in traffic for another 25 minutes. During this time, there was no such thing as cell phones. So I couldn't call, you know, my date at the time and tell him what was going on. So I show up at his apartment 45 minutes late. And the deal with Rich is he is not like me. He is so organized and so on top of things and so incredibly good with time. He is sitting out in front of his apartment in a cab with the meter running, and he's been sitting there for 45 minutes. And I just totally panicked. And so what did I do? Well, I got there and I lied. And I told him that, well, I was heading down the freeway. I was halfway here. And I suddenly realized I forgot the tickets. So I had to go back home. I was living with my parents at the time. I had to go back home to get the tickets. And that's why I was 45 minutes late. And that was just kind of how my life was going. Usually I was always late. I was always 15 or 20 minutes behind. And I remember thinking, who does that? I mean, that is so incredibly selfish. It must be a character flaw. Why is it that I am the way I am? I didn't know at the time that I had ADHD. I also had no idea until recently that ADHD is connected to time. And this is the deal. Most of us with ADHD, we don't have a practical understanding of what time even means. We don't know how many minutes, hours, days a project might take because a sense of time is one of the executive functions. And remember, that is what ADHD is. We have a problem with our executive functions. Now, if we worked on an assembly line, time management wouldn't really be that important. I mean, obviously, we'd have to show up for work on time, but when we, once we got to work, we wouldn't really have to plan anything because it would all be done for us. But for any of us who don't work on an assembly line, we need to know how to manage time. And I have to tell you, even simple things like not being late in the morning, taking a shower and drying my hair, putting on my makeup, I still had no idea how much time it takes. And I'm how old? And I still haven't figured out these pieces. Let me give you another example. So I enjoy cooking and I like cooking for company, but I was never able to schedule and plan. So it kind of limits what I can do and what I can cook. I will literally put a schedule together with all the different times that everything has to come in and come out. But the minute my adrenaline kicks up, 
I cannot even focus at all. I have no idea what needs to happen when. And so what I've learned to do is I just put my head down and I work. I'm never sure how long things are going to take me, but ultimately, if I just put my head down, I will know that at the end, I'll be done. I might be a half half an hour late with dinner, but I'll be done. And that's pretty much how I've lived my life. Now, couple months ago, I decided, you know what? I'm going to time myself. I want to know how long these things take. You know, for example, if I'm making a shrimp dish, I can't remember what I was making, shrimp creole maybe. And I had, you know, planned, I put everything together and I said, okay, I have to clean the shrimp. I have to deshell the shrimp. I have to saute the shrimp. I, and I put down everything that I needed to do to get those shrimp into the finished dish. And I have to tell you that I estimated three times less than it actually took me. I think for the shelling the shrimps, I put 15 minutes. It ended up taking me 45 minutes. And I was absolutely shocked. I had no idea. And how many times have I shelled shrimp? More times than I care to admit. So time, like ADHD and a lot of things we struggle with, it's on a continuum, meaning some of us struggle mightily with time and others of us don't struggle at all. I'm terrible all around. I'm terrible with managing time, being on time, underestimating time, organizing my time. Now, my son, who has ADHD, he is never late. In fact, it's it's almost like it's a value that he's built in that he will not be late. But planning a project that's due in a week, he's much worse than I am at that, unless he's interested. Now, I'm rarely late professionally, but I'm usually late personally, like five to 10 minutes. Why is that? Well, I think what it is, is I have made it a value to be on time professionally because I don't want to be seen as a flake. Now, we had a poll in our group all about time. And again, one of our members, Jennifer, commented on the fact that it is really important for her to be time, to be on time. She is never late. And I asked her, is that a value of hers? And she said, yes, timeliness is definitely a value. Now, if it has to do with friends, I'm a little later, usually five to 10 minutes. And if it has to do with my family, I am really late. I mean, even a brand new boyfriend who I really liked, who I didn't want to think that I was a flake, I still could not get it together. So I did a bunch of research on ADHD and time because for me, this is something that I decided this year, I am going to finally crack it. Like everything in life, the better we understand something, the more apt that we're going to be able to do something about it and actually change, right? So for many of us, time has to be learned. We have no ability to feel a fluid shifting of time. In order to understand time, you have to physically see and feel time, and we can't do either one of those things. Beyond that, if we're easily distracted, it really doesn't matter what practical strategies we put in place, right? We create a schedule. We know we have two hours to run a certain errand. And then shiny object here, shiny object there, and we are all over the place. And suddenly, the schedule that we put in place, the two hours that we said, this is when we're going to run those errands, you know, metamorphoses into four hours. That other more distracting thing feels so much better in the moment than the thing we're supposed to do. We also have hyperfocus when we're really interested, right? And guess what hyperfocus is? 
hyperfocus is actually a lack of awareness around time passing. We lose track of time. If we're bored, five minutes feels like forever. But if we're interested, five hours, it can feel like five minutes. Let me give you an example. My husband hates to go grocery shopping with me. He literally will sneak out so that I don't go with him. And I sort of learned that he's so much better at it. Maybe I shouldn't be there unless, you know, I really, really want to for a specific reason. And part of the reason for me is that there are so many bright and shiny new things there. Like, for example, if I go to Costco, there's always something new. And I love things that are new. I want to try everything, right? And I take forever. So not only do we end up taking way longer than we would if my husband just went and did the grocery shopping, but we spend much more money than we would if I wasn't there, right? And we end up buying all this stuff that ultimately none of us use. And it's just, it's a waste of money. So on top of all of these things, we have working memory issues because working memory, that's also an executive function challenge. We can't remember what we're supposed to do. I mean, I, I oftentimes will go into a store to pick up a few items and 30 minutes later, I'm walking to the car because I was so distracted in the store and I totally forget that my family is sitting in the car. Now they have learned <laughs> that this is how my brain works. So usually... They will send me a text and say, um, are you okay in there? Should we, you know, get someone in to, to come help you out? But I forget. I'm in the store and I'm so distracted. I'm so interested in everything that I'm seeing that I totally forget, number one, what I went in there for. And number two, that there are people waiting for me in the car. Why is that? Because we're all about now and not now. That is literally how our brain works. We have what Ari Tuckman, who's a, um, a psychiatrist who specializes in ADHD, or maybe he's a psychologist. Anyway, we have what he says is future myopia. There's no straight line progression, meaning, okay, a neurotypical brained person says, I have to write an article by this Friday, and it's now Monday. So today, I'm a little motivated. On Tuesday, I'm going to be a bit more motivated. On Wednesday, I'm going to be even more motivated. And on Thursday, I am really motivated and it's going to be done. With ADHD, our brains, we're not motivated on Monday. We're not motivated on Tuesday. We're not motivated on Wednesday. We're really motivated on Thursday night. It makes it really difficult to plan ahead if you're not motivated. We tend to be in the moment right? There's now and there's not now. We don't feel that sense of urgency that the future is coming until it's literally right there in front of us knocking on our door. So no wonder that motivation is a problem with us. We also argue with time a lot. I don't know if you do this, but I certainly do it. When I don't feel like it, I can do it tomorrow. Oh, it's not really that important. I don't feel like it right now. But I bet you I'll feel like it much more tomorrow. And because it's due the next day, I'm going to be more motivated. What else? Well, time and emotional regulation go hand in hand because it's our feelings about time that cause the struggle. And I know that emotion is not in the DSM, but if you talk to any ADHD expert, they will all say that emotion and emotional regulation is a huge part of ADHD. 
So it's our feelings about time that causes the struggle. We have problems feeling ourselves in the future. We also like to stay with things until they're done, right? That hyper-focus. We can't start, but once we start, we can't stop. And if it's something that we've been struggling to get done, we don't want to stop. We just want to get it done. Now, I am not talking about people who are consistently 15 minutes late or 15 minutes early. That's not a time issue. That's about beliefs. Like, for example, I, for one, have a belief that you don't show up to a party on time, that that's just rude. (laughs) Um, And I think it's because if I am hosting a party and someone's on time, I'm always going to be 15 minutes late, 15 minutes behind. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, how could they be on time? Or I know a lot of people feel like, oh, it's okay to be five or 10 minutes late. I think with me, five minutes, I'm okay. 10 minutes, I start thinking, oh my gosh, this is so rude. So we're not talking about beliefs. What we're talking about is an erratic, like you don't even know why you start getting ready for a 10 a.m. meeting at 7 a.m. and you could still possibly be late. That's what I'm talking about here. And I think a lot of it is we prefer to live in an unconstrained flow of time where we can smoothly move from one thing to another when we feel like it. That's the natural flow for our brain, but it doesn't really work well in our farmer-driven society, which is all about planning and scheduling. And, you know, everything we do is pretty much controlled by time. We often also resist putting things on our calendar because we might not feel like doing it when we have it's scheduled. And this totally hits home with, with me. It hits so close to home with me. I can't stand to have recurring appointments on my calendar. It just makes me uncomfortable. I also don't really like scheduled lunches during the week. I love to work and the scheduled lunches completely interrupt my flow. Usually it takes me until around 11 o'clock to really get into the meat of what it is like my, my A- Uh, to-do list items. Around 11 o'clock is when I start getting into the flow. And if I have to jump off at 12 o'clock to be able to get somewhere by 1230, it totally interrupts my flow. My brain, the ADHD brain also, you know, it doesn't like making decisions. I can't coordinate time. So someone needs to tell me what time they're available. They need to give me two times. And I've told friends this a million times. Don't make me do it because it's not going to happen. It's not that I don't want to see you. It's that I cannot take the time to make that decision. I'm going to avoid it, to have to go into my calendar and figure out, okay, what days can I be there and what might it conflict with? So if you tell me these are the two times I'm available, It's super simple for me to just go into my calendar and commit to one, and I will be there. And this is a problem with emotional regulation. I have really strong feelings about this, and it really, it feels constraining, and I'm worried that I'm going to pick a time that's ultimately not going to work, and it means that I have to go into my calendar, and I have to really think through, and I have to plan, is this a good time, and I hate doing that, versus if you give me two times, I will just plan around the time that I choose. Now, if I pause, I can go back into my history and I can remember that every time I go, I may not initially want to go, but literally once I get myself into the car, I am so happy that I'm doing it. I am so happy I put something on the schedule for a friend because I know that that's important. So I've learned how to ask for help. I'm not good at this planning scheduling thing. So even if it's my turn to ask, 
you know, can you do this for me? And I'm, you know, give me those two dates and then I'll do something else, you know, in exchange. That's really too why I kind of prefer recurring events, not weekly recurring events, but for example, getting my hair done. <laughs> for years I fought it and I would never schedule the appointment when I was there getting my hair done. I would wait until I looked in the mirror and I couldn't stand it anymore. And then I would have to wait two weeks to be able to fit into, you know, my stylist schedule. I have finally learned that if you plan now, it's so much easier because I now know it, depending on the haircut, it's usually anywhere from six to eight weeks where I can't stand it anymore. So if I just book that appointment, if I discover that I don't need it, I can always reschedule it. But usually I do need it and I will plan my schedule around it. Bottom line, it's really hard for us to activate and get excited about future goals. And it probably explains why we may have trouble starting anything that involves the future, right? Because it doesn't trigger that, um, that motivation. This also means that nagging, lecturing, yelling, it really doesn't work. I have literally told my husband, just lie to me. And when he doesn't, and we're late about, you know, I'll, I'll tell him, lie to me about what time we need to leave or what time we need to be there. But if he doesn't do that and we're late, I just blame him, right? <laughs> now, this only works for events and appointments where he's present, you know. It doesn't work for things that I have to plan on my own. But it's kind of the workaround that we've developed, you know. And What's funny is he's learned kind of how to, so he lies to me when it's something that's important to him. He doesn't always lie to me when it's something that's important to me. And so that's kind of kept me on my toes because otherwise I would think that, oh, I always have 30 more minutes or I always have 15 more minutes. But, you know, in this way, I'm never quite sure. So it does keep me more timely than if I thought that he was always telling me the truth about time. So we struggle with time because, number one, we don't see or feel time. Number two, we're easily distracted, right? We're all about the bright, shiny objects. So even though we set up all kinds of structures for ourselves, we still may get distracted and be veered off course. Number three, we hyper-focus. And when we hyper-focus, we don't want to stop. Number four, we have working memory issues. We forget what we're supposed to be working on. I'm sure you have all experienced the situation or most of you ex have experienced a situation where you're working on something. Like, for example, I'm working on researching a podcast episode. I have a question. I go into Google. Suddenly I see Facebook. Then I get into Facebook. And literally 30 minutes later, I look up and I can't even remember what I'm working on because I've gone down that rabbit hole. Finally, we struggle with time because emotional regulation. I don't feel like it. I don't like making decisions. I don't want to do it now, but maybe I'll want to do it then. All of those things. Now, I also resonated with um, one of our other members, her name's Jasmine, who posted in our poll as well, that it's the inconsistency of ADHD that is really the struggle. It makes you question ADHD because her comment was, there are things that I am so timely on. I will never be late, but there are things that I'm always late on. So it really makes you question, is this really ADHD? You know, it's that inconsistency. And I could totally relate to that because there are certain things I don't struggle with at all. Like I consider myself a decision-making machine. If there is something I want to get done, I make the decision and I do it. But something as silly as scheduling a lunch with a friend, why is that so incredibly difficult? 
Anyway, next week, I am going to talk about what we can do to be better around time now that we know why we're not good around time. And I'm going to tell you what has worked for me. Now, I haven't mastered time, but I have to tell you, I have gotten so much better at it because I now understand myself better. I understand why it is that I am the way I am. Number one, first, we need to understand why we do what we do. Second, we have to know who we are in all this, what's important to us, what we're passionate about, the neighborhood that our purpose lives in, so that we're spending our time on moving things forward that are important to us. We're going in the right direction. Once you have, well, let me back up, having this information, knowing who you are, what's important to you, what the neighborhood or where the neighborhood of your purpose is, that information, it's important to everyone. But for those of us with ADHD, it is imperative. Why? Because we have interest-driven brains. Where we're interested is where we will naturally be more successful because of hyperfocus. Once we have that information, only then can we really build workarounds for our particular brain that moves our life forward in the right direction so that we can be more of who we really are. If you don't know what you really want, then no wonder nothing is working. And that's why I developed the patent pending cartography system. As always, you're listening to ADHD for Smartass Women. If you like what you're hearing, I would so appreciate if you drop us a review. If you'd like to know more about me, cartography, or if you have a comment, a guest you'd like me to interview, or a topic idea for this podcast, feel free to contact me. If you go to my website at tracyoutsuka.com and you click on podcast in the navigation bar, there's a microphone right there in the header where you can leave me an audio message. You can also reach out to me at tracy at tracyoutsuka.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Atsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. If you liked what you heard, we sure would appreciate a review. And not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, well, that's also the name of our free Facebook group. Go look it up. We're a totally smart-ass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. We'd love to have you join us. You can also find all my details over at tracyoutsuka.com. Don't forget, I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.